0: We're the Forgotten Generation, a misplaced slice of the 20th century when birth rates were as low as expectations for the future. We lived under the threat of constant nuclear annihilation, playing outside, but always inherently knowing the future was indoors. We are the second half of Generation X. We were some of the first to play video games, program home computers, and record CDs to cassette mixtapes. Our generation was nourished by New Wave, Imperfect Punk Rock, and John Hughes movies. We built Web 1.0 from the ground up using our childhood 8-bit and 16-bit programming skills. They call us Gen X. We prefer the vertical blank generation, where magic happens between the lines, because that's where we live, love and thrive. We are Generation Atari. So we're sitting at Jeff's house. Jeff and I, it is... We were going to sit in the backyard, but there's too much wind. It's a really nice day, though. It's the Friday before Memorial Day weekend, and we decided it was the perfect time to talk about Atari collecting. What we collect, why we we collect, and the type of stuff that we've decided we want to collect for Atari right now. Yeah. um, I actually collect a little bit more than Atari, but it's mostly Atari. Because, so for a little while, I, I was collecting 5200 stuff almost exclusive Because I got a 5200 from a friend who just sent me it in a box with like 30 games. But it, the 5200 didn't work. So then I got a 5200. I bought another one. It worked. I started collecting, I got another 10 to 12 5200 cartridges. And then I just decided to collect Atari cartridges. And I was, these are all loose. I was looking for just, I was looking for quantity and individual game like, like um, unique quantity of games. So I have like 300 Atari 2600 cartridges or something like that, and probably 250 of them are unique. Now I only want CIBs. So now it's like... I was going (laughs) to say like the... The 5200 was the system we was one was the one Atari system we never owned. Right. So it was interesting that that's the one you wanted to collect. A couple of years ago, I got into VCS collecting as well. Just out of the blue, I decided I wanted to collect all the original games that we had for the 2600. I said, uh, you know, we had, we sold them all in 1983. Most of our games in 1983 before we got a Vectrex. And I'm like, oh, you know, I want to go back to that time, and I I really would like to have the games back that we had. Just those, and I made a uh, on our website. I made a blog series called Fulton Bots VCS Quest, and it was about me trying to get back into collecting and figure out who to where to find games and find and get stuff. And as I was doing that, I learned some stuff about the twenty six hundred, the different variations of the twenty six hundreds, you know, the the heavy sixers and stuff like that. I knew some of that information, but not really specifically. Well, we lived in it. We didn't really know it. No, we, when we and- lived in it, we didn't care. We we're yeah. just playing the games. FultonBot's Atari VCS Quest Memories of the Proper Vintage Not too long ago, I had a sudden realization. I don't just need the games I had with my Atari VCS from 1981 to 1984. I need a console, too. The fact is self-evident. If I'm going to complete a quest to replicate the Atari VCS of my youth, I have to include the console. The problem is, it's not clear which console I received on Christmas morning in 1981. There were several versions of Atari VCS consoles released in this life. Not all of them are created equal. For vintage Atari collectors, the Holy Grail is what is known as the Heavy Sixer. It was the original VCS console released in 1977. Collectors are keen on this version because it's akin to a first edition. It has six front panel switches and a manufacturing tag on the bottom that says it was made in Sunnyvale, California. This unit is heavier than the ones that came after, I believe, because it had extra shielding to help it pass the initial FCC RF testing. Finding a CIB, Complete Inbox Heavy Sixer, is very difficult and can be very costly. Along with the Heavy Sixer, there were Atari VCS game cartridges known as Gatefolds. They are similar to the Gatefold sleeves you find in the record collecting hobby. The original nine Atari VCS games came in Gatefold versions. Air-Sea Battle, Basic Math, Blackjack, Combat, Indy 500, Starship, Street Racer, Surround. Around, and Video Olympics. A CIB gatefold game cartridge is more expensive than non-gatefolds, for the same reason the Heavy Sixer is more expensive than other Atari VCS consoles. People want them more because they came first and are pretty rare. The next console released in 1978 is known as the Light Sixer. It has six front panel switches just like the Heavy Sixer, but is lighter and was made in Hong Kong. From what I gather, this unit is like the fool's gold of Atari Collect. People who are not aware think they have a heavy version when it's really a light version. Sometimes Light Sixers, are priced like heavy sixers on eBay, and it behooves buyers to ask a lot of questions and see photos before they purchase thinking it's an original console. For me, discovering the difference between heavy sixer and light sixer in gatefold and non gatefold cartridges brought back a lot of memories. The first story I wrote for 8bitrocket.com about my love for the Atari VCS back in 2007 was named First Communion. It was about my brother and I discovering Atari 1978 while attending CCD classes with a girl who lived up the street. Lori had a heavy sixer, and all of the games are in gatefolds. Here's an excerpt from that story. Lori had a 2XL, an early talking robot learning toy that used 8-track tapes to simulate choices made by the user. She had all manner of handheld electronic games from Tiger and Mattel, plus her own TV set and radio. However, the thing that made us never want to leave her house was the wood-paneled Heavy Sixer Atari 2600 VCS her mom bought for Christmas in 1977, the first year it was available. Along with the 2600, her mom bought her every game at the store, Combat Sea Battle, Basic Bath, Blackjack, Indy 500, Surround, Video Olympics, and even Star Starship. But while I have an interest in the Heavy Sixer console, I never owned one. I played the ish out of lorries, and it was also the one at the local Fed Mart. But it was not the console I want to have if I'm going to complete my quest. That console, it turns out, is from 1980. I discovered this on, of all places, Facebook. Several weeks ago, I asked a question on the Atari Age Facebook page about what console would have been mass-produced in 1981. After a friendly, long, and in-depth conversation, I discovered the console I need is the CX2600A, first manufactured in 19. 19- There were later consoles, like the all-black Atari 2600, nicknamed Vader, and the Tramiel era 2600 Jr. I now know I need to get the exact console that I first hooked up to my parents' TV in 1981 on December 26th. I'd consider anything less a failure. What I own now is not a CX 2600A. I own a 1988 vintage Atari 7800 with a reproduction CX40 joystick. There is no expansion slot. The first Atari 7800 console sold in late 1984 had an expansion slot on the left side so I know it's from the late 80s Tremiel era of Atari. This also means that there might be some compatibility problems with the console including not working with the Arcadia Supercharger. If I'm going to be serious about my Atari Quest it's obvious that I will need the proper 1980 CX2600A version or I will not be doing this right. But then as I was doing that, I realized that I really didn't want the loose cartridges at all. I wanted the boxes. I wanted the, the complete inbox, the CIBs. And, and I've, somewhat become a C.I.B. collector. C.I.B.s. C.I.B. So so I'm going to go back because last year at this time, we had just started the Into the Vertical Blank podcast a couple months before. And we had just spent most of December and January moving everything out of our Into the Vertical Blank house, the house we grew up in, having to move everything out, put it in storage after mom died. And I finished that process a broken person. There There was a bit of hoarding at that house. And it took the better part of a month probably a hundred to 150 hours trying to package up everything and get it out of that house and after that I had the incredible urge to not ever have anything in my life I wanted (laughs) I wanted to remove all things from my life that I did not need, and so I threw all of my excess video games, including the stuff that I had collected from the FultonBot's Atari VCS Quest, and I threw them in the box and I was going to get rid of them all. I started selling a bunch of our stuff on eBay, but I was keeping back at the same time. I was selling things that were doubles and triples of Atari 800 cartridges and things like that. We put some money in and actually purchased some lots of Atari stuff and I don't know, but we what sift through we, and keep the we good We put stuff. some money in because we thought, oh, as long as we're going to collect our stuff, as long as we're going to sell our old stuff, let's figure out if we can we can sell a little bit more. And we bought, we, we had a little bit of money, we bought some lots and stuff, but I think we just bought the wrong stuff. Like, we didn't oh, know what I still have about. some, I still have some, it was, I would usually pick, this is why I wouldn't be a good business person when it comes to retro things, I picked giant lots of things that I wanted, and then I would sell the stuff that we didn't want, right? So, yeah, I know. So, so it was like... Four thousand dollars worth of stuff that we wanted that we kind of distributed to each other, like computers and stuff and games. And then there was about fifteen hundred dollars of stuff that was just extra that got right. sold off. And it turned out that that's that, not the way to run a business. No, <laughs> it out, like as we as the decision was made to like get rid of the stuff and then sort of buy stuff and maybe turn to a business of of trying to clean up old stuff and, and get it, it resold. It. It didn't want to get rid of it at yeah. all. And it, I started like. I started with all these loose cartridges, and um, and I didn't really care about. I just cared about having drawers full of loose cartridges that I could see the labels on, which is what my big deal was, because I wanted to I actually wanted to play each of the games and do a little review. Well, it sounds one. like the feeling when I started that VCS quest. I wanted, I wanted to have all the games back that we had when we were kids, but I didn't care if they were in boxes or not because we had taken all the boxes. I just wanted all the games, and and then. What I realized when I was doing it was that no, I actually wanted the boxes. I wanted the whole experience. The whole experience. We went like we did find a couple retro stores. I didn't even know there were retro video game stores around here. So I found three relatively local ones and I cleaned out all their good Atari Loose cartridges, so I got a not really nice collection of loose stuff, and then I started buying a few on eBay here and there, selling a bunch of extras. We have a whole bunch of extras now, and then I got to the point where only only loose, if it's something that I got only loose cartridges, I'm looking for at all are ones that are relatively rare, but someone's selling cheap, like Star Wars the arcade game. Right. But I really want it in box, so now I started even buying, and even before now, I I would we I, I have an Atari STs, a couple Atari STs. And a couple Atari eight hundred computers, and all I wanted were the loose cartridges. And now I started. Then I said, "I said, why would I ever want a disc of one of those games for the ST?" I'm actually buying the disc yeah. ones because it's the full cartridge. You full want the full package. Thing. So let's let's talk about. You mentioned something really quick. Let's talk about retro video game stores. Um, well, let's talk about regular video game stores. Uh, the GameStop now has become a junk store. Have you been to GameStop, GameStop lately? Is Spencer Gifts. With, it, without a, without a, um, without a sex section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, it, it's, it's like Oz, it's, yeah. Oz. It's, it's Oz with used with used Yeah, I mean games. obviously because most games are now sold, or many many games are now sold digitally. Um, the, those games have to figure out what to do. But for a long time, it was funny they would sell used games, but they wouldn't. They would only sell them back to a certain era. Like it was only like in the PS4 era, they'd only sell PS3 games. They wouldn't sell PS2 anymore, right? So they specifically took them out, took themselves out of being. Retro Game Seller. So there's a place in the mall locally called Book Off. It's a used bookstore, but they curated a selection of used video games and actually a little tiny section of Atari, whatever basically people sold and came in. And a few years ago, I started looking at that, and I, I, one day they had a few data age games. And I picked them up and I'm like, hmm. And they were like three or four bucks a piece. I, they weren't, you know, I, I paid like probably double what I needed to pay for them because uh, they weren't rare. To me, they were rare at the time. I had no idea what day was what. age are kind of a little bit rare. This is like snake. Yeah, those are, I mean, those are, aren't as common as combat. But like, then I realized that that store really didn't care much about those games at all. And, you know, for the most part, retro game stores around here, the Golden Age stuff is just a complete... They don't even know what to do with Complete also-ran. If they have it, it's like... there's. So I've driven all around Southern California, probably within a 50 or 60 mile radius from where we live. There are two semi-decent stores in this area. Most of the rest if they have something from Atari for back in the day, even Lynx or Jaguar, I'm saying anything, right? It's mostly Nintendo for a good reason. That's who most of the collectors are, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, I'm not getting down on it. It's just that's not who we want to collect. So we have to we have to look a little bit harder. Well, if you want to find Atari, you have to ask them for the box that's hidden under the key. Yes, yeah, so so there's there's a store locally where they say, have a sign that says, "Ask us about our box Atari." And like it's <laughs> always just something they picked up from an estate sale in a box and so they'd have no idea what they're worth. But um, I'll look in there just to piece through to see if there's any CIBs I don't have. Yeah, at that uh, store, I did pick up um, good CIBs for Atari, like skateboarding or whatever. That's Game Bros. Is it Game Bros? Game Bros, right. And I did pick up quite a number of Atari 8-bit cartridges there, like Bug Hunt and things like that. Like, they had XEGS cartridges. They have a bunch of 5200 stuff there now. Yeah, but (laughs) there's all doubles of stuff I have. So, first of all, like the names... Game Bros. Like, obviously, like, like the retro game stores are are designed for the Nintendo era. I mean, they're named after things from the Nintendo which make it like obviously we're we're going in and we're looking for stuff that's older. There is a new place that opened in Huntington Beach from a guy that moved from the East Coast called Retro Games Plus I believe it's called and what I like the name because we used to go to Computer Games Plus in Orange which is where we bought our ST stuff. They have a nice little wall out of everything. They have a little wall of Atari cartridges and they'll have some some CIB stuff there. Um, Some of that stuff that people got from was it Argentina or South America? They California. had a, they had some of those and they were they were fairly decent. I think I bought a few stuff from them just because it was there and it was CIB is just easier than getting eBay. Last time I was there, they had a boxed copy of Tax Avoiders. How much was that? Um, like twenty eight bucks or some, something. I almost bought it just Stop. because it those was there. Those are bad with that, with because shipping always adds. I mean, eBay it's like shipping and. Uh, Right. Oh, it kills you. So, but that place is pretty good, and it they deal mostly in CIB games for other consoles. So that's pretty good as well. But the best one around us is a place called AJ in Culver City, and they they're just it's just like a, a weird some guy's collection and and stuff. They just buy there these lots really off eBay. Collection. He always has like Atari computers. He has Amigas. he there. He out right now. He has the Lynx and Jaguar games. <laughs> So at lunch a couple weeks ago I texted Jeff and asked if he wanted to meet me down at a Games, the closest, best retro game store in our area He was working, I was working, but we got out at lunch and we went down there to meet to check out the store So I'm here in Culver City, uh, waiting in the parking lot for Jeff to show up This is Steve, so we can make our visit to a Games Uh, here in Culver City, so I'm waiting for him to drive in in just a second, and then we're going to go do it. All right. I'm waiting outside. I don't want to go in yet and ruin the experience of what the surprises might be in store. That's why I'm waiting outside, else I would go in. And there he is, pulling in. Cool. All right. Let's see what's going on. Hey, Jeff, you ready to go in? Yeah, I am. Is he at lunch? I have to make a note here. The reason why Jeff asked is he at lunch is because the last time I went to A&J games on a Sunday, I showed up in the afternoon and there was a sign on the door that said, out to lunch, be back in 30 minutes. So then I left and I came back three hours later and there was a sign on the door that said, be back in five minutes walking the dog. So in our experience, there's a very good chance the owner will have a sign on the door that says something when we arrive. This time, there was nothing. No, he's not at lunch. Who? Well, no. sometimes. No, he's not at lunch. They're, they're in there right now. Let's go. So we went inside the store, and the first thing you'll notice at A&J is that it's not a big store. It's a long, narrow store. An aisle down the middle, just one aisle, On either side, glass cases filled with retro games that would be considered more valuable, maybe. The floor lined with boxes and boxes of loose carts from Golden Age consoles. And the walls on either side lined with games from more modern consoles, Nintendo Age and above. It's kind of like walking through a canyon of retro games and at the end of that canyon was the owner on the phone he was talking to someone about something and also a guy i'd never seen before who was just hanging out because you know stores like a and j need a guy who just hangs out there all day who's got nothing else to do but shoot the breeze about retro video games we started looking around and right away we found atari things we didn't even expect we'd find hey look he's got a copy of atari writer Oh, yeah. I should have a Atari Writer 2 um, manual, but no Atari Writer. Oh, and an Atari Sound and Graphics self-teaching guide, too. Wait, where's that one? Right here. Oh, I have that one. Yeah, that's the book I have. What do you see in these cartridges? Oh, well, I see some over here that I may not have. It seems like there's a lot more stuff on top here now. Yeah, there's new stuff. This is different. Looking up your list of carts online to see what you have? Mm. What do, you, what do you have here? You got robot tank, tech scan, what is this, warlords, outer space, chase, and what's that? Oh, space chase, how cool. I remember we had that one. So as we were looking around, the owner got off the phone and came over to interact with us. The first thing he said to us was, "Hey, do you want to buy a retro game store?" It was a little odd, but I guess we do look like a couple older guys that might have money. Too bad for him, we were just there to buy a few retro games for ourselves that day and not buy the guy out. But it wasn't a bad idea. Maybe someday. Video game store. How much you want to sell for? Make me an offer. I There you go. Yeah, I definitely want Brain Games and Human Cannonball. That's those are. Those are two, for sure. I, I, I never turn down a good offer. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're starting to get some PC games over here too. So. Yeah, I do get them in, but not actually not that often. They're hard to find. That's why. Yeah, I don't know why. With these two, people used to always ask me for PC. I know. I went. I came in. I went and bought a bunch of SSI ones a few weeks ago. Oh. yeah. I was looking at the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons for the for the um, television. Uh, How much is that? Do you know. Uh, I don't think it's that much. I think it's between five and ten. Oh, I love that. Am correct? I would love that if you if you if you could get it down. I can get it down. Yes, yeah, so over there. Other, I know it's I know it sucks It's the one at the top up there, but I can get it. <laughs> okay, I have a, very, a long ladder which I take out and I get it. I'll take your coffee slot raisers too, since it's just in beautiful condition. Okay, it's the brown one here the the brown end, one. at the end. Two brown ones. Yeah owner is such a sweet man uh, especially offering to climb up to get advanced dungeon dragons for me he went into the back and then came back with what can only be described as a comically large ladder like three or four times the size needed to climb the three feet to get the game he go get the ladder he's getting the ladder down so we can uh, get the stuff up on top that looks precarious you're gonna be okay mm-hmm. all right it's so <laughs> Yeah, so the ones on the left, the two Advanced Dungeon Dragons, how much are those? Okay, uh, I'll look these up for you. Okay, I'd just like to know. This is the original Advanced Dungeon oh, Dragons, oh, oh, right? i Just uh, just never never seen it. This is the second one. Um, that's the second they one. They try yeah. to make like a three D version. Yeah. If used, But since they're new, they're fifteen. Perfect. All right, I think this is good. I think I'm good. So I wasn't really in the market for Intellivision games that day. I just wanted to get a couple CIBs for the Tire VCS that I didn't own yet. But it's hard to pass up Dungeons and Dragons games for the Intellivision that are new in box. The owner started talking about the location of the store again. I think he still thought we might be buyers for his property. At the same time, he started the long process of adding up all the games Jeff selected by hand. It's a pretty good location, I think. It is, a, it very is a good, good location. location. This, this is Culver City is really, really. It's Culver City, right? Yeah, well, we're right next to Sepulveda. Yeah, it's a good, a good. It's easy to tell people how to get here too. Say so, that uh, like, like this area is really, you know, coming come alive too. I was just down the street. Oh, my God, at, oh, Dale, Sepulveda. Down, yeah, down Kid down the was at a, at a zine convention on Sunday, right down the like, right down the street. Sorry, I, I still have to put, Can I miss miss a okay. step here? Like, all right, what's your damage? Um, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> Not a lot. I mean, you know, I'll put on one of the cards. A significant cards. amount. on the credit card that Jeannie won't notice. She actually doesn't complain. But At this point, the guy who hangs out in the store all day came around to start asking us some questions. What do you do for Mattel? Uh, program. And make toys and work, stuff. Work at Mattel? Yeah. Okay, um... I, I have some collectible old Barbie dolls. Oh, you do? Yes, um, I have the original first Ken. Oh, you do? That's yes, cool. It's, it's, um, it's seals. Oh, that's nice. Barbie were actually the that's, name of their children. That's a nice piece, a nice actually. Family. I have to be honest with you. Even though I work at Mattel, I don't really have a great idea of what the values are for classic Barbie dolls. But I have an inclination that the classic Ken dolls are not worth as much as the Barbie dolls themselves. I didn't want to ruin this guy's hopes, though. I um, don't know. Do you know the? Do you? Can estimate the value? Uh, I'd the have to. I don't know myself. Uh, there there are lots of Barbie collectors out there, though. After successfully dodging a toy value question, it was time to start wrapping things up. We're going to talk about your store on our podcast. If yes, that's okay, much. please tell people all about it. And uh, what's your name? Gary. Gary, wait. I'm can I say? You want to say hi to people on the podcast? How is everything? And come on into our store. I've been in this business 28 years. First person in Los Angeles doing used video games. That's right, and it's an awesome store. All right, thank thank cool. Th- thanks a lot, man. Okay. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. All right. Take that right. board. All right, so Jeff, what what did you end up with? I got a couple beautiful uh, CIB Atari Twenty Six Hundred cartridges, Slot Racers, and Outlaw. I also got some Hu cards for the Sega Master System. These little Sega cards, a Transbot, My Hero, and F -f 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 sixteen Fighting Falcon, all CIB. Nice. I got a bunch of loose Atari cartridges I didn't have. Um, A blue Robot Tank, Tax Scan. Donkey Kong Jr. by Atari, not the not the um, Coleco Cle- version, the TeleGames version of Chase, which I did not have. Telegames version of Outer Space. Is that Space War, or I don't or, know. Or, or, it's or, probably uh, the other one. Um, Star- TeleGames version of Warlords. Starship, probably. Probably Starship. And let's see, I have I got the also a um, uh, Flag Capture by Atari with the orange label. I never nice. I haven't had a copy of that. And Space Chase. By, I think Apollo, but without a, an end label, yeah. but no top label. Anyway. That's cool, man. What a, what a good trip. Anyway, that's that's, that's what it trip. is like collecting out here in Southern California. It so. was a good trip. Okay. All right. See you later, man. <laughs> My sister is like this is the Los Angeles area. It's a huge metropolitan area, and what you'll find is some okay stores that kind of dabble in retro games. They really aren't that into it, but they do it because it's a business they can survive in. Uh, they will find a few Atari things. There's like look at the, the store in the mall. There's one other one, and it's run by a guy that sells stuff on uh, Facebook also. And um, he's really cool. What he gets is new retro. Yeah, I saw that. So he he gets all of the machines, the retrons and all those. Plus he gets the new retro cartridges that I have. For the the, NES. For the, the NES and the SNES. And those are just... Cool the, the yeah. I mean, that the multi-card thing. But I think I think what you're describing, and let's get to that in a sec. So in this metropolitan area, which is huge, there's there's about a half dozen stores that are kind of okay. There's a couple stores that are better, like you can tell that people really care about what they're doing. And then there's one really good one. And my, my suspicion is most metropolitan areas are gonna be kind of like that. There's a couple other, there's one a few blocks away from ANJ that I went in, and it's mostly like going to a GameStop, and they were selling their Atari individual loose cartridges for way too much. Yeah. I'm sure the Valley has more, like, we haven't been over there, because it's such a been large area. I've the Valley. I, I, it, there's maybe one. I'm telling you, there's not that much okay. around here. Okay. I've checked it out, because I've had to drive all over the place with the kid when he was sick, and so, you right. know, we've been, I've been all over waiting places and stuff, and seeing that, like, they are not that many. So, on that note, the swap meets are even worse so any swap meet you go to now there's going to be a couple people maybe selling video games and most of the and this also happened when i went to that retro game show in anaheim most of it is garbage i mean not like literally and figuratively garbage Garbage, like it smells like garbage like it's obviously been in they haven't cleaned their stuff up it smells like like a secondhand store that no one has really cared about washing the clothes or anything, and so they've just got crap, and it's way too high priced. Yeah, and they—if they—the there will be the one middle-aged dude. With his daughter and his wife who know what they're doing, and they'll be selling a bunch of five to ten dollar Genesis and NES games in box or not. Right. But they it's rare to find them around. Like you have to you have to you you're hoping they will be there. I know. I mean, there are a few like Genesis and SMS games that I want, and even Nintendo, like I do collect, even though it's kind of hard. So all the stuff Mattel made for Nintendo, I want to collect, is hard to get because they made the Power Glove right. and they made a couple games of Power Glove. One of them is pretty rare. Well, let's um, talk about, what, so why don't you list the systems you actually will collect for? Oh, I mean, seventy-eight hundred, 8 ST ST8-bit, Lynx, probably, although I have never, I've yet to buy anything for the Lynx. And then the Sega Master System. No, um, ja- no Jaguar? If you probably it. not. Ja- it's so hard to find a Jaguar. No, probably not. Ja- it's too expensive, and I, I just think the problem with the 7800, the Lynx, and the Jaguar, where well, the Lynx not quite as much, is that the systems were powerful, they did not have enough money to, to get games yeah. created well enough for them, so they just suffer from Low budgets, not enough time, not enough, not enough people developing for them. That the the deeper aspects of the machine were discovered. That people could do cool tricks and stuff. That's mostly why games for those systems are not that good. There's just no maturity to the development process. So I, I don't really like those as much. So what other So what are the rest? So SMS Sega Master System because we had it. Pretty early on, and that I I wanted Miracle Warriors and a couple other games for it. The Genesis, I will, but really it's still only the games that we had. I'm not really a fan of the Genesis that much. Games that we had on the 8 bit or the ST that were released on on the NES, because NES became the platform for everyone, right? right? right. So, like Ultima, Ultima 3, Ultima 4 were released. Yeah, all that stuff. I want all the games where there was an era when people decided, forget these these 8-bit computers. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make all of our stuff for the NES and try to make money. I don't know how and well people did with those games. And the and the games on the ST that made it over there too, oh, yeah. right? Because because they have even though it may not be this high resolution, the sprites run better. You know, things like that. My suspicion is they didn't sell very well. They were American RPGs. Those are those still scare people. Yeah, I mean, so the JRPGs, which I really like now, the Dragon Warriors or Dragon Quest and the Final Fantasy 1 and 3 and 4, those are all really good games, but they're very, very accessible compared to American style RPGs. They're they're uh, they're they're hardcore. You don't have to create nine thousand for nine thousand character classes and all this stuff. No, like like, you don't. For the most part, you're not. There are some games where you do that, um, but the most not. So I, for some reason, I like to collect those. But I want I want all those things in. In boxes, so you will go disc-wise. You will state, we will do floppy discs. Uh, what about PS One and PS Two? Uh, you know what? I find myself only wanting to collect the Atari stuff from those platforms now. I don't know why. Well, I have the PS One and PS Two games that I want still. Yeah, I, I never got rid of them. I think when it gets to discs, there's a weird. I think no, you mean, well, I mean CDs? CDs. Yeah. There's something about the CD era that doesn't interest me at all, and I can't explain it. Um, I can um, because I'm looking for cartridges and disks in boxes. But So I'll tell you the ones that I actually actively collect for, but I'm not – and I do a couple – purchases a month or more unfortunately for my checking account on um, on eBay just to get some stuff. I, but I will do 2600 for sure, seven eight hundred, dollars 5200 if it's CIB now. Right. It, or a game I don't have because there are a few I don't have but they're really expensive. ST, I will get boxed games that we had or just really cool ones. But my breaking point for an ST or 8-bit game is $25. Okay, mine's about 20 Well, I'm saying $20 including shipping. Yeah, so I get it. I get. I don't it. want to go any further. So I, if you you give me $25 and free shipping, or you give me $20 and $5 shipping, I'll get it. Above that, I don't need the game in a box. In fact, even for a 7800 or 2600 game, that's about as high as I'll go for an individual CIB game, so I'm not collecting at the high end, um, but I will I will do – I don't have a Lynx that works anymore, but I, we have some Lynx games. Uh, but I do have a Jaguar that works, and I start have started collecting. A few CIBs from new from new old stock and some loose carts. Like I finally have like Iron Soldier and those, right. you know, but I need the instructions. Here's why I got into oh, CIBs. But I will do SMS and Sega Genesis, but only a few NES and Super Nintendo because those now I feel are part of that era that we were around playing yeah. games in. But I look for the games that I heard of or that are like the games that we had. Right, Like Strider. Like I have Strider 2 because we had Strider on the ST. Yeah, that's cool. Like that. So I'll tell you how to go- I got into the CIB thing. I wasn't going to do it at all. Again, I was just one of the games that we originally had. I didn't even care about things in boxes. In fact, I had a whole for a long time I had a whole set of Atari boxes in my garage in a plastic bin the cartridges were in another place and I, I didn't know what I didn't want to, I knew I didn't want to throw the boxes away but they were from when I got married I bought that sort of uh 700 with like 50 games or 40 games for $75 from Florida I don't know who was selling at the time with a bunch of a bunch of late era games for the 7800 and some of the repackaged 2600 games the cool purple pack it's yes 2600 so they're all they're all perfect CIVs but I didn't even think of it, and what happened was last year I can't remember exactly when I ended up at AJ, which is in Culver City, and I looked under the glass. I was oh, I met my friend. My friend um, finally oh, yeah. we had met over there. My friend Jason, and we met there, and we went, in, went went in, and they had seven gatefolds. They were ran between ten and like eighteen bucks a piece, and I think Space War was eighteen dollars. What he didn't, they didn't have combat and they didn't have basic math, of course, because basic math, for people who don't know, is the most expensive one of the most expensive Atari VCS games, especially in its original form as a gatefold, just because it's so rare. And I, I'm like, oh my god, I've never seen these gills. And I and I they took them out and they were in absolutely pristine condition, like, I'm not even sure they were ever shrink wrapped. Wow, they are a beautiful. The cartridges are beautiful. The, the beautiful cartridges That's with, with one the, thing with the remember, text on there it. There were a lot of games that were never shrink-wrapped for the early Atari games before the Atari... Made by Atari. They weren't shrink-wrapped. Right. So, after I was able to pick those up, I was like, you know what? Like... I never thought I would ever see these uh, gatefolds, right? So again, for people who don't know, the original nine, eight, nine games that came up for the entire VCS were in gatefold boxes, so you instead of you opening the box from the top, you open a flap on the front, and it revealed a cartridge, and the instructions in a little pocket on the left, and the cartridge in a, in a little, like, pocket like a book. on the right. So it, right, so it opened like a book, and uh, they only did that very shortly, and then they cost-reduced it down to some other boxes, but they're beautiful, and the Cartridges are the original carts with, you know, no pictures, the writing on them, and for some reason they scream. The first time we played the entire of UCS was at our friend Carrie Lanahan's house up the street. And we didn't even know that Atari existed. We went over there because we were going to go with her to CCD. She was going to be our, she was our carpool. And so we went over early. Mom dropped us off a half an hour early or something. And we sat and she said, her, and Carrie's mom said, oh, go, go into her room. Because I don't know where she got all the stuff, but she had like 2XL and Atari VCS and everything. Right. And go play. And, they, she had all these all these games and gatefold boxes sitting around, and the beautiful games with the. I know that I know the boxes existed because the cartridges didn't have anything on them, but the the boxes had the beautiful paintings on them, and you'd look at Air Sea Battle, and you go, I want to play that. Then you'd stick in the game, and it'd be like boop, boop boop, but it didn't matter, right? It and and so, so I remember playing Number Cruncher a lot though, on on Street, Street Racer. Racer. <laughs> no, and so but just pl- just getting. Those boxes again, and all of a sudden, a total recall of what it felt like to open those boxes and stick those games in and play it, and that was our introduction to like the from the world of that's when we went from analog to digital. Like it yeah, was it, exactly, and, and when we realized this is like 1978 or something, when we realized we want Atari, so all of a sudden I was thrust there. I'm like, oh my god, I need to have all the boxes. It was like I saw the lights, like the you know the the Blues Brothers in the back of the church. It's <laughs> like holy crap, this is what I need to do. So. Then I went home that same night and um, I got out those boxes in that bin and I filled them in with the original carts. And I, I think I took some pictures of them and put them online at the time. But I was like, I'm back in it. Like I was gone. Like all of a sudden I was ready to jump back in. The, uh, the thing is, it's like all of a sudden I was like – I'm like I have, I have now a, a legitimate CIB collection, right? Like legit. Like some of the stuff in that box – that was from like 1995 or whatever there are 1,700 games that are pretty rare right so like what do you have um, i have to, there's You're a like, akari warriors oh, well, oh, and commando you, you a warriors? In, in box yeah in box akari warriors there's a commando akari warriors loose but i, I don't um, have a... there's there's a couple I, I, others I, there's a masters of universe cib um, for the vcs there's uh, like i said star strike there's a few other things you know beautiful mint condition i'm like hey i have a legit collection now like there's rare stuff in here that people actually want and i feel as if i'm not just a pretender anymore like i can actually be a collector and and all of a sudden the switch was on and so i was on like i only want to collect CIBs i don't know how i'm going to do this but i'm ready to go so how about you jeff well, um, I like I, I said, I started just wanting to get a collection of as many loose Atari cartridges as I could, and then I mo- now recently I've moved to CIBs because I have most of those, and now I want the instructions in the box and things. But and and I do that with now the Atari 8-bit, same thing. I wanted as many cartridges as possible. Now I try to get CIBs of games because I know that I can play them on the machines in with the ROMs. But if I have the instructions, it makes it more fun to play the yeah, game. Yeah, I agree. But what I, and I do that with the ST games and everything. And what I found with the twenty six hundred mostly, this hasn't happened with any other system. Is that the new old stock games and the and some of the shrink wrap ones? You get the box, and I don't consider it mint.
1: No, it's, it's, it's not. The mint.
0: boxes kind of smash. Well, I, so, also, there's also people who shrink wrap yeah. old so games. So I've been too. taking off the shrink wrap for anything for them for the most part. If I if it's a game I just want to have the instructions stuff for, um, so I'm not keeping them mint in that condition because I don't want to be like the guy that buys the toys and just lets them sit on the shelf. I do want to keep them in the boxes a mint, but I do want to be able to open them and. And play the game and the thing. So I, there are a couple that I'm keeping because I have doubles or I know that it's worth something. But for the most part, I'm getting them and I'm opening the box. I'm taking out that Star Glider disc for the ST. Oh, I'm yeah. pushing it into my Atari ST and I'm turning it on. If it doesn't work, no problem. I'll, I'll read through the 50-page the comic book that came with it. And then play the ROM on the Ultra Jesus, right? right? You know what I mean? But at least I can. Like, it gives me that accomplishment that I got it. But I also will do the same thing with the Master System because I love those games. I love the Master System. So too. I have about 20 Master System games. Most of them, I don't have any of the, I don't know Miracle Warriors or, or any of those. But I do have, like, our favorites, like we had that were the action games. Yeah. But I want more. There's hundreds of Master System ones that only, only a certain amount came out here. And so there, there's a, there's a limited number, but you can at the good stores you'll find Master System games out here. And now I've I've been through all of them, so now I even have picked up sports games. I think I think so. Here's the thing: I, I think there's something to what you just said. The Master System and Genesis, all the games came in plastic boxes, and 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 the PlayStation and beyond, they all came in plastic Keys. cases, but. Atari, NES, computer games—they all came in cardboard boxes, yeah. and I think there's there's something to the fact that those for two things. One, the cardboard and paper, the the ephemera is more pleasing to yeah. to touch. Uh, and these so, boxes are awesome. But but the other thing is those boxes get crushed. So you've got two prong. You have got. You got people have a more of an, a more of a, a pull or affection to the warmness of those, and they got destroyed they get too, destroyed, right. right? So so that 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 kind of that kind of makes the brings the collectibility yeah. up. I have a few um, NES CIBs, but a lot of the times it's it's box only, no instructions, and so those are the ones you find around here, and that's okay. Uh, but I would rather have if I'm, if I get in a box, that's fine. But I would. Then I gotta go print out the instructions, put them in the box. I want those instructions, right? Like I, right. I want to have that box with the stuff in it. <laughs> so. Fulton Bots Atari VCS Quest. I never got into Atari, but I never got into Atari. I've heard this phrase so many times from the owners of used and retro video game stores and from fellow retro gamers that I have now come to expect it. When I enter a game store or make a friendly connection at work, I brace myself to hear those words. They usually come after a shop owner sees that I am examining their modest selection of golden age games, or when a co-worker spies my Atari and Intellivision posters and memorabilia in my office. However, what is interesting to me is that those words are hardly ever delivered with malice. Instead, they usually usually come with a tag that describes the person's own lost cause, video game, or other obsessions. My favorite system used to be a TurboGrafx-16, or I really, really love the Dreamcast, or what did you really think of The Last Jedi? Personally, I love these conversations, because it shows that retro video game fans are really mostly of a single breed. We fell in love with something at a formative time in our lives, made an invisible mental connection to it, and now we miss it deeply, because its time has long passed. And it makes sense to me that many retro game fans are not from the Atari age. Just look at the numbers. According to CNN, there are roughly 68.1 million people in Generation X, 1965 to 1979, compared to roughly 92.3 million Millennials 1981 to 1997. However, those sheer numbers don't tell the whole story. Every one of those roughly 92.3 million Millennials were born into an existing video game age, with possible older brothers, sisters, and parents already engaged in playing video games. By comparison, video games came of age in 1977, which is on the far side of Generation X, which means not only were almost half of the 68.1 million Gen Xers too young to enjoy Golden Age video games, but also put their gaming coming of age squarely in the Nintendo generation as well. What about baby boomers, you ask? Most baby boomers, 1943 to 1964, were well into their 20s and 30s by the time Golden Age video games became hot in 1978, and the social norms of the day were much different than they are today video games of my youth i was 7 in 1977 were enjoyed a majority of the time by kids 7 to 17. there were some college kids and a few adults for example the editors of electronic games magazine were from the baby boom generation but for the most part playing video games was just not an adult activity at least where i live as i like to call it the infantilization of america was still in its infancy According to Wikipedia, these are the numbers of Atari Age systems versus Nintendo Age systems sold. Atari Age, Atari 2600, 5200, Intellivision, ColecoVision combined, 36 million. Nintendo Age, NES, SMS, Genesis, TG16, SNES, 150 million. With nearly 5 times more systems sold just in the late 80s and early 90s, it's easy to see why Atari Age gamers are so outnumbered. Even out of those 68.1 million Gen Xers playing those 36 million consoles, not everyone played video games even in the heyday of atari 1981 to 1984 at my junior high school only about a dozen or so of us actually identified as gamers but we did not use that term as it was not invented yet we clung together as a ragtag group of nerds who played video games D&D, and listened to punk rock and heavy metal but that was not our outward identity almost all of us tried to fit in but we just didn't. We stood out together, usually in a safe spot, gathered by a far-flung planter or under a hidden tree far away from the rest of the crowd, and attempted to relate to one another because we had no one else with which to relate. We might look over an issue of Electronic Games or marvel at the instructions for Atari 2600 Pac-Man, but almost always out of the piercing eyes of our peers. In high school in the late 80s, it got even worse for gamers. From 1984 until 1988 when I graduated, there was no video game culture to speak of, again, at least where I lived. Nothing. Honestly, even talking about video games was cause to get your ass kicked, much less wearing a t-shirt or reading a gaming magazine, if those even existed, which for most of the time they did not. If games were discussed at all, it was even more hidden, and more secreted away than in junior high. Maybe on a BBS system we called with our computers at 300 or 1200 baud, chatting with the sysop, or as we traded pirated games on five and a quarter and 3.5 and inch floppy disks in the bedrooms, back rooms and dens of our parents houses. And that is why I personally really never got into Nintendo. After clawing and scrambling I actually achieved some kind of minor social status in high school. At least enough to actually date other humans and not get my clock cleaned on a regular basis. I still love video games though but to keep up appearances I had to play them when no one was around and that was usually on the 8 and 16 bit computers that replaced my video game console. A computer was okay you see. If a person of interest came into my room and saw it on my desk, I could claim it was for school. That would work fine as long as they didn't leaf through my box of floppy disks to see all those games I had hidden among the word processors and graphing applications I hardly ever booted up. Nintendo? I didn't even consider it that would have given the game away. My point is, even for the few kids like me that were into Atari in the early 80s, at least in my neighborhood, video games were literally and figuratively beat out of us by the late 80s. So if a person managed to hold on to their Atari love through the 80s and into adulthood, that means they were obsessed or resilient or a combination of both. And it's the combination of obsession and resilience that I think most retro gamers of all stripes and ages see in each other and have in common. Long past the console wars, we were all infected by the same disease, and that's the common denominator. Compared to Nintendo Age fans, Atari Age fans are few and proud, but in reality, I can see how we are all cut from the same cloth, and that's why, whenever I hear I never got into Atari, but, I translate that into, I'm a fellow retro gamer, and here is my obsession. It's like someone letting me in, opening their door just to crack so I can see their world. They've invited me over to their safe bot, like the planter or the tree we had in junior high. It's a place they feel they can truly be themselves. You were never into Atari? Hey, that's okay. We've still got a lot of common ground. systems have a bunch of 2600s that are in disrepair. I have one good 2600 junior that works perfectly and three that don't. And I have one 7800 that doesn't work and one that works well. And that's the main thing. You know, I have a couple Atari computers that are working. I have a, a 400 that works and I have a, I have a 130XE and a Atari 800XL that now has four megs, but the four meg board had something I have to I have to uh, solder a couple things on it. And it's been like three months and I'm, I have the soldering gun and I'm afraid to solder onto it. STs I have an STE with four megs and I have a um an STFM with one meg. Each of them with like a multi disc style thing on it. And then I have the Jaguar. And then I, the other ones I do Retron five and stuff like that with, right? Like, right. like I um like I really like the Retron five, but I need to get a replacement thing that will play NES games and a replacement thing that will play Genesis games so I can get the multi carts. The other yes. multi carts are out there to play on the machines. But you know the catch all that I have is the uh, RetroPie. It's like if the RetroPie will not. Automatically recognize the USB Atari joystick. So what you have to do is turn on the RetroPie with one of their joysticks in, then plug the Atari joystick in because I can't play Food Fight yeah, with a yeah. finger tap. I have to play with the joystick, you know, right. things like that. So really, the only way to play Food Fight is on a 7800. And for me, for systems, I don't have a lot. I have the 7800 that I bought in 95, which I can hook up th- through the, the little cable connector onto a regular TV. I have an Atari 800 hooked up to my digital-only TV with an SAO to SD on it, but that has the RCA AV mod that plugs into an HDMI converter that plugs into the TV. So it's like it's like a double convert, and so it kind of looks like garbage, but it's it looks well enough to play Mule. So it's I because sat that TV does not have a regular. AV no, it doesn't. Right. So I sat and seriously played Mule for like a week earlier this year. Every night would fire it up and play a game of Mule. Perfect, and it was great on oh, my giant TV. It was really fun. What I. Really I really wish though that I didn't have to do that. I really wish that the Atari VCS that was coming out, the new one, like it just made that type of play just available. Like I will gladly pay two dollars or two ninety nine to download the ROM for Mule to play legitimately on my yeah, TV. Exactly. Like I would love that as an alternative. That that does not replace me wanting to get CIBs and stuff. It's just I want to have an easy way to play the games, and I, I will play it legit, legit way. It's fine. But love you it. know, I was playing Mule the other day because I really wanted to get t- test out the 800 800- with with the four meg, there's a four meg board that I got that also lets you load on different operating systems so I could play some of the cartridges that only work in the the Atari 800, but it's an 800XL. That board, obviously, the extra four megas aren't working. The 64K is, so I was able to play Mule on it. So I'm playing Mule, but my freaking Mule keeps on running away. And so it just got me mad. Okay, so I figured <laughs> that out. You read the instructions. Um, I have to go back and read them again. But there is a way to make the Mule not run away, ever. And I forget what it is now. I have to, I have okay. to get I've Arada to come. Arada has to come in and tell us how to make But then and I late, figured it out, and now the end. Mule never runs away. Yeah, It has to do with exactly where you're positioning it. It's like... It's a position in the upper left-hand corner or something that works fine. Yeah, I don't think you need to make time. it look like an A. No, 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 no. There's, there's a speci- it's in the. You have to read the instructions. Oh, okay. The way to not lose your mule is to make sure to release it when you are standing directly over the house on the land plot. Yeah. Uh, do you Have any flashbacks or anything like that? I've got one flashback. I have a Retron 77. Yeah, I have a 77. Um, and, and I it. bought those. I just never, you know. I think the flashback I got was when they had the wireless controllers, and they just didn't. I just work. do not like the wireless controllers. No, and most of the flashbacks, you know, the Intellivision, they did the Intellivision one, and the and the ColecoVision one, and the Atari ones. They're just they're neat to have. Like I like to have it with a box, but like it's disappointing to open. I don't. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, it, exactly. like I don't. I don't really like what's inside. The games weren't that much. Fun that you need to really have good precise controls, and those systems just don't do it. Yeah, I love the clicker vision one, um, and I like the Intellivision one. The problem I always had with those was you're gonna sell me a package with 50, say 50 Intellivision games, all the games needed the overlays, but you're gonna give me a bonus of 10 overlays and I don't get the rest of them, right? Like, that's see- the bonus, is I actually get to play the. The end of the 50 games that you just yeah, sold me? So exactly. that's a little bit off there. I understand it's kind of expensive. I would rather, you know, um, the Intellivision, like both ColecoVision and Intellivision are two systems that I just don't collect for at the moment. Intellivision, because I played all those games. Um, I wasn't, I mean, and, and I don't like the control pad. But I might do if there were CIBs of those and CIBs of Cleklevision, I like could get a machine. I might be persuaded to do those at some point. I got it. I like I like the intelligent games. I think that um I, I like I just bought Snafu um CIB the other day at the at Game Bros just because I wanted to buy something. It's not even. It's like I bought paid way too much for it. I paid like double what you normally pay. I just wanted to. I went into the store. Like twenty bucks for ten. dollars yeah, like I just went in. I went. I wanted to buy something because I wanted. To, it just sometimes out those retro stores. I want to give them some money so they'll stay in business. <laughs> That's that's what I was thinking, okay? I mean, and, and and it was, you know, it's like to try to fill, I was like, you know, I wanted to fill a hole in my heart and it didn't work, okay, whatever. But it was Snafu, which I love, the game Snafu, and I remember we used to sit with Eric Barth and play Snafu as if it was Tron Light Cycles because we did that with everything. We played Tron Light Cycles on our bikes and played yeah. and played it in Snafu, and anyway, so I will, I like the Intellivision stuff. I have a few CIB Intellivision cool, games. Good, you work at Mattel. Yeah, but uh, what I did get is a new in-box Intellivision synthesizer pl- oh. plug into the Intellivision computer. Yeah, I still have that. I haven't opened it, but a guy at work, Troy, and I got all the existing Mattel hardware that we have in the archives last year, the year before, and, and you can check the stuff out of the toy archives. So we checked out everything. We hooked up the Intellivision computer, we hooked up the keyboard, we hooked up the voice synthesizer. At the time, I wrote some games using an Inti Basic. That's right. Um, to, I made a demo of War Games, of a game. You know, I want to make some demos of games that never came out. So I made a, a War Games game and used the Intellivision so as far as I, sw- I just wanted to put a stake in the ground for this podcast about collecting. Like, that's where we are with collecting is part of the vertical blank. But it's, there's a very, it's a very specific need for collecting, and it's basically recreating the past. Yeah, I do, and I will just <laughs> say, like, I am not biased about any of the systems. No, so, like, no. Like, if something comes out from at Games and it's cool, and I want it, I'll get it. Like, if something comes out, so, like, I really, realistically, I had the money in my pocket, and I almost got that it's a 70 or 80 game Legends thing. I said, that'd be really cool to have, and I go, I, I as I got my... A new thing there where I could hook it up, and I almost got it. And I'm all maybe I'll get it this weekend, you know, because there are retro things out there now that you can actually find in the I wild know. that are new. I don't have any hate for any of them. I'm glad they're all trying. I know. And if I can give them money for something that I want and it'll keep them making that stuff, I know. Do I, I my part, I, mean, I will do it. Here's what I did. I mean, it's so funny that you say anything because I had never thought about Fairchild ever, right? I'd be like we played or it Odyssey or Odyssey. I never thought about the Fairchild and we played it at our friend's house. It was funny. To me, Fairchild was always weird, but when when I met Jason down at AJ Games back whenever we, we went in the months ago, it was because he – Jason is a huge Jaguar and Vectrex fan. So he buys all the homebrews for the Vectrex and he buys all those 16-bit ST conversions you know for the Jaguar. Too. Yes, I do. So he buys all that stuff. That's his thing. He likes Atari. His dad had Atari. But he's – Jaguar's this, his thing because the games and, actually – yeah, Jaguar and and Vectre, especially Vectrex. Homebrews is his big thing. But anyway, Jason's really cool dude. He works at Sony doing licensed games. So he's he. Nice. But I met him at Mattel years ago, and he was a producer. He's a nice. Guy. Um, he's really cool. So anyway, he asked if I had an extra Atari ST mouse, which I gave him your mouse, right? Because the ST mouse plugs into the Jaguar now, so they can play mouse-based games on the Jaguar. Yeah, that's right. Why I have that. Bit. He traded me. A box for the Fairchild. Inside the Fairchild box was not a Fairchild, but were like fourteen CIB games for the Fairchild. Like and Game I'm like, pack one and yes. Two and, three. and some of them are, are duplicates too. But to me, I'm like, I never even thought about the the Fairchild. But you're gonna give me a box, which I've now i have already thinking about CIB. Now I can get a Fairchild and stick it in the box, and and a bunch of a bunch of Fairchild games. I'm like halfway having a Fairchild collection well, I'm, now. I'm really interested in. Um, that may be the fairchild if they had one was there that could hook up TV and just and look okay. Really interested in an odys- Odyssey too. I've kind of been interested in the Balisastercade myself. Balisastercade too, but I know that, that they had electronic problem. they had yeah, they, problems. Yeah, they, they, they did have. I, I'm interested in Odyssey just because I've never like there's t- things that I'm interested in because we had gone to stores and seen them and and maybe maybe poo pooed them for some reason because do that Atari had something better. But like atier80 color computer for some reason I know we went and saw it at the store all the time and we never wanted anything to do with it. And I, I'm all hey that's kind of neat but I don't no, know there you. was a time when, Timex okay, Sinclair, okay, there was know. a time when we were stuck because we, most of our child was spent stuck with mom walking places and going yeah. to like the laundromat right there was a time I cannot remember the exact reason why we were at Radio Shack but you mom was doing something next to her at Radio Shack. Probably we were washing clothes. There's a a laundromat near that Radio Shack. Yeah, probably washing clothes, but I can't remember what it is. We We were at the laundromat again for a million clothes washing. And we went over to the Radio Shack... And for some reason, the guy that was there let us play Claim Jumper. It was that it was it was a I think it was Claim Jumper. Yeah, just two player game. And and we played it for hours on the TRS eighty. And I remember going, oh, and this is before we I think before we even had a VCS. And 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 we were like enamored by the fact that you could play a game two players on the computer. But I don't I don't know enough. I just it's such a weird memory because I don't know much more. I don't remember much more. about the instance, but I certainly remember playing the TRS eighty and. Later, you know, when we went to the Atari users group, guys calling it Trash 80 and stuff, but I kind of always had a little fondness for it. I have a fondness for all of those systems. If we did, the one, Especially the ones we didn't have, because, you know, they're so expensive at the time, but, like, I have a fondness for the Timex, because I saw the thing. I have a fondness for the, the um, Commodore... Um, uh, I wish it was 64, but I never really saw one anymore. I actually know that people that have them, but I mean, the VIC-20, because it used to sit next to the Atari 400, and its screen was weird, but get, some, they made all these games for it with remember just what, character graphics? I don't remember when Cousin John brought over their portable no, we, I, went, I went with oh, we, the to Jimco to buy, buy it, the portable and the it SX-64, back. And we SX64 and we forced them to buy a couple games for it yeah. remember? we said you guys gotta buy a couple games and we made them play like some car <laughs> racing game or something and yeah. we brought it back yeah, I love, yeah no, all that stuff I mean all that stuff from the era it's I remember Olympic decathlon for the PC, you know, yeah, know like that, I'm, I'm and every Apple II game. It's, it's really not just a, the vertical blank, I, you know, it's becoming a cl- stupid cliche when we keep it talking about it. it's not really about Atari we say Generation Atari because Atari because it's like there's Generation Nintendo which is everything it came after Generation Atari is everything because Atari was the top player right. at the time and they signify the destruction too when everything well, went and, away and just as I mean for people who followed Atari the whole time they had an 8-bit computer, an 8-bit game system, another 8-bit game system, new 8-bit computers based on the same hardware. Arcade a 16, games? A arcade games, sorry. I, I, arcade, arcade, all the, the best arcade games. I mean, they had a... They played, 16, 16-bit computers, 1632-bit the Jaguar, I, the handheld Lynx color. They always are on like, the outside looking in to all of these ones except for the VCS. <coughs> and that's how we always felt. Yeah, I... I <laughs> we, we always felt... Way too. So here's a question for you, Jeff. Now that we move on a little bit, Um, uh, I I found myself needing to program again in the last couple weeks. We listened to a podcast called Reply All. Yes, right. So Reply All does this thing called Email Debt Forgiveness Day, and it's April 30th. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So on Email Debt Forgiveness Day, I was driving back to Mattel, and I had total recall of the fact that. There was this guy named Robert in Poland. when Back when we had our own company and we were making games and we were like losing money, losing our shirts, Robert made a bunch of graphics for me for a flash game called Iron Grip, Destroyer of World. And he made some really cool pixel graphics for me. And the game never happened, and there was a point at which Robert wrote to me, and he said, um, hey, can you just pay me 400 bucks for my work, and then you can just keep the graphics. And I didn't have 400 bucks at the time. And so I was like, dude, I can't do it. And it was a really low time. and then it I, been low for him too. It was low for him Everybody too. Was. Everybody was low who was making Flash games at the time, but it was low specifically. Yeah. So anyway, I went back to work. I totally forgot about this until that moment like three weeks ago when I was like, wait a minute. I have the money now to pay Robert back. And I found him on Twitter, and I was able to negotiate with him. He didn't even want me to pay him, actually. He had actually released the graphics onto the, I think, the Game Maker store or some, something. Oh, cool. or, no, Construct 2 or Construct 3 store, which was cool. But I'm like, no, no, dude, I have to pay you for these. So we negotiated a price which was actually a little bit less than what I he had, he had asked me before. So I paid him, and now he's actually going to design a logo for us as well for our website. Perfect. A which bit, one? A, Into the vertical plane. Uh, yeah, no, for, A-Bit for Rocket? 8-Bit Rocket. We have OK Into the oh, I, I, I like think your logo. But now, for some reason, that sort of freed my mind. I didn't realize how much psychic debt I had from not, how much guilt I had from not paying him back. Not paying him, it'd been seven years or six years, and so all of a sudden, after that, I'm like, I'm gonna pull out Atari Seven Hundred Base and. First thing I pull out Atari 700 Basic I want to make is Iron Grip for the 7800. So that's what I'm doing. I'm starting to program Iron Grip for the 7800. You know what I like? So um, after studying about the 7800, there's two things I really like about it. And the 700 Basic. It allows me to make almost any game I would have made in HTML5, pretty much. Yes. You have a lot of soft sprites. You, you have to do the same math you need to do. But it's also a thin, basic layer above assembly language. Yes, it is. It, it's a little bit more difficult than... You you don't need to have an accumulator to add two things together, right? No, you it's don't It's almost that, though. Yeah. But it gives you all... It's very powerful graphic-wise to do this stuff. And it, it's, it has a, its kernel gives you a lot of things that you couldn't do in assembly language easily. Compared to Beatari Basic... It's like an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, and so I think 1700 is a really cool place to make games, even if they never come out as cartridges, because there's emulators out there that play them on, so why not just use Pokey sounds? You know, yeah. I right, don't think I'll ever make anything good enough to be released on cartridges. Maybe we'll make it. I will, maybe, anything I make, I will get a cartridge made by Atari H For Atari, me. Oh yeah, for me. For me. I'll make a cartridge, I'll make a box. I'll put on the shelf something I created for me but I, I would not assume anyone would want to buy this stuff. but what we could do is get a multi-card at some point that has a bunch of games perfect or something like that. that would be fun I got into a Atari basic last year I was i was started my idea was to make some VCS games that were inspired by the episodes of, of into the vertical blank I started that and then I kind of like I made a breakout game and I got to the point where I solved it and then I didn't feel like programming the entire VCS anymore right. like it like I wanted something with a little bit more resources it was a little too limited for me. The 700 is perfect absolutely perfect. Just limited enough that you need to like work. You have to use your brain oh, to, you figure, your out brain to, to figure out what to do. But with enough resources to do almost anything I want, I'm super excited about what I can do with the 700. Yeah. What? So how does that compare to the uh, the NES Maker game that you... So that NES, um, NES, NES Maker is it's fine. The problem with NES Maker is that the guys who made it, they built a game for the NES. A, I think a big RPG game or a big action adventure game. And NES Maker is their tool set they use to build that, and it's designed for a b- very specific type of game. Right. The thing about the NES is they have all these cartridge mappers, and so you know you wonder why the NES could have all these giant games and all these resources and stuff. It's because the cartridges had tons of extra hardware in them—extra memory, batteries, chips, well, all sorts doing of. Seven hundred games now. They're yeah, finally yeah. doing it. 700 right, the seven hundred would have done the same thing, right? But they just never got to the point. So, but the NES has all these different mappings. NES Maker only maps only builds for the most resource-intensive cartridge mapper. Of course, because most of the time people could just make a game like that or they're going to release the ROM. Having all the resources available for a game like that is perfect. But there's a system out there called the ESP32. If you go look at Odroid on Amazon, it runs on the ESP32. ESP32 is by a company called Expressive. It's this amazingly powerful cheap chipset that has Bluetooth and Wi-Fi on it as well as you can run an Atari, NES, several other emulators, but the emulators only emulate certain cartridge mappers on the NES because there's because again there's way too many resources some of the other other ones it can't run stuff that they make that sort of limits what I would do with NES Baker. Atari 7800 basic on the other hand will work on garden variety hardware and that's what I care about. And you can also map uh, the other hardware the high-score cartridge and some of the other things in the pokey chip. here's the thing, let's be honest the 7800 The reason why I really want to do the 7800 is that the 7800 is the vertical blade. It's the lost system. It's the promise never delivered. Right. It's the looking from the outside. Right. It's the between the lines. It's everything that we talk about. Right. And that's why I want to make stuff for it. Right, because, it, and also working with it, it was powerful enough to do a lot of stuff. It could do a lot of stuff. Hopefully the next episode will actually be about programming. Hopefully we'll get a couple interviews with people that can help us get more in depth about the 7800. I think the collecting, CIB collecting, has now led to my want to make my own CIBs just to go on my own shelf. And that's what 700 Elf is about. Cool. That's I'd like to do that too. The current game I work on will never, I'm just playing with stuff at the moment. Yeah, Almost but like, I, I like your games. I can't wait to play it. Yeah, but this is, mine's going to be like, it's gonna be like another version of Galaxy yeah. or something. I mean, with with extra weapons. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> anyway, I think that's good for this time. So let's sign off, and we'll be back for another episode of into the Rink of Blade soon. Sounds good, Steve. Bit Rocket Studios production.